Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cold Cuts, the show where none of us know what's going to happen this week because none of us have read the script. We are doing Caroline Lesney's The Broadcast. This is based also on a concept by Declan Grogan in episode three of The Broadcast. The investigator? Yeah. The inspector <laughs> investigates. There we go. The gardener's death while the house guest, the doctor, and the suitor expose each other's potential motives. The heiress and the inspector stumble upon an illegal bootlegging set up in the greenhouse, presumably by the gardener. But who knows? Artie still hasn't shown up and Felicity is worried, though nobody else seems to be. They're all way too busy arguing. Uh, John takes Felicity to a pharmacy where they meet Quinn and discover that Artie has been dealing prescription drugs. And then he disappeared. John and Felicity finally give in to their sexual tension. And meanwhile, in the radio show, the heiress interrupts the inspector's theory of the suitor's guilt when she sees a ghost. So we're appropriately going into Halloween season with a ghost story. So great timing there, Caroline. <laughs> I would love to introduce all of our actors. Uh, Paige Elena, please tell us who you're playing. And this week, do you think the ghost is real or do you think she's just a figment of the heiress's imagination? Hello, my name is Paige Elena. I'm playing Felicity and the heiress, and I 100% think the ghost is real because I want to ramp up the ghosts this episode. <laughs> I, more ghosts, one ghost per page. I want to see chock-a-block full of ghosts. <laughs> you didn't ask for my prediction, but that's what I want, more ghosts. <laughs> Do you have a prediction? Yeah, it was the more ghosts thing. <laughs> I'm also hoping that Artie shows back up for this one. I missed him in the last episode. I think Artie no. should pop back in for this one. You're the only person who missed Artie. <laughs> Maggie said no. <laughs> Less Artie. Up next we have... I want to see what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> up next we have Eric Anderson, who is Artie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm Eric Anderson, also Artie. Also, Quinn, if you guys want to switch out Quinn for Artie, I'm down for that. I feel like Quinn had some pretty good vibes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Artie, Quinn, they're both fun. But is the ghost real? Oh, is the ghost real? Uh, I mean, it's in the script. So, yeah, I think it's real. Why not? Yeah. Okay. And it's seasonally appropriate as well. Up next. Can't beat the season. No. This is the second day of Halloween and it's the second best day. <laughs> Maggie Behan, up next. Is the ghost real? Is the ghost not real? Is there a third option? Oh, I don't know about a third option. I have to think harder on that one. I'm Maggie. I play Missy and the Inspector. I think the ghost is real because we are going straight into Hamlet. This whole episode will be the entirety of Hamlet. That's my prediction. Oh. So it might run a little long here, guys. So strap in. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you hoping to play in Hamlet? I'm going to go wild card. I think I'd like to do a Polonius. <gasps> oh. I love it. I love it. I like that wild card. I'd like to fight back through the curtain. <laughs> Well, hey, it's public domain, so you can make as many changes as you want to the script. <laughs> so there you go. I will be wildly improvising. Yeah, turn it into a vengeance thriller. No one can stop you because <laughs> no one owns the rights. So Emery Chase, up next. Hi, I'm Emery. I play Irene and the house guest. And if in the world of the radio play here, ghosts are real, that gives me the highest chance of making out in a car with Eric again. So I'm going to vote for that. Because <laughs> otherwise, he's dead. So... <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I know. 
know, right? Like, Ghost gardener, I love it. I think the house yeah. guest would be happy if ghosts exist because otherwise <laughs> my boyfriend's dead. So in her interest, I'm going to have to go with, I think ghosts are real. I think the gardener's going to come back. So I'm just wondering. And we are back at Patrick Swayze. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I would like to ask the producers at Platform who may or may not be listening to this, and they totally are, please put it in the budget for us to paint him up like Patrick Swayze. Let's just, let's just do it. Let's, just, let's see how it works. Let's get experimental with it. I mean, nobody owns the rights. Up next, we have Kevin Hauger. Hello, I'm playing John in The Doctor. And as an unofficial doctor, I think I have to say that ghosts are not real. I have to, there has to be somebody who says it. We've come up, we thought no. you know, maybe the story would be going like a Felicity is all in her own head. Maybe the heiress is also all in her own head. They're both like Matrix stories. The ghosts are not real. Inception. Kevin, you can't be the voice of reason and also play the guy who quoted his own script to this girl he's pursuing while she's panicked about this creepy phone call. You can't have both. You know, method is one way to act. And we're not all as invested in such a horribly self-destructive way in our characters. <laughs> And up next, we have James Johnston, who I hope is not super wrapped up in his character to a destructive degree. Please don't, James. What? No, I'm fine. Hi, I'm James. Ghosts aren't real because they're against God. That's my <laughs> Oh, that's fair. So is murder. So it's also murder not real. Murder isn't real. I don't think real. I can be, yeah. <laughs> See, you're not the voice of reason. I knew it. <laughs> Noted flaw in the plot. Murder's not real. You can't do a murder. That's illegal. <laughs> So I have a question for the group, too, is that last week there was a really interesting scene that we had talked about a little bit where Felicity walks in on a an argument between Sebastian and Missy. And it's a pretty heated discussion. And she kind of has like a mental switch where she's, she just kind of fades in and out and sees some things that other people in the room don't see. What Do you think we're going to get any kind of like closure on that? What do you think was on her mind when that happened? And like, do you predict that it'll show up now or will it show up maybe a little later on in the in this series? What are you thinking? What's on your minds? I think there were at least three ghosts involved in that. <laughs> at least three? I don't know how, but at Fake least ones. three. Fake ones. But <laughs> Fake ghosts, of course. Will we talk? So just people in sheets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked a lot last week about like the parallels between the radio play and then what's happening in like the real world. So if the heiress is going insane by seeing ghosts, assuming that they aren't real, then like whatever is going on for Felicity in the real world could be like the more subtle reflection of that where they're both kind of losing it a little bit. Or the carbon monoxide filter theory that just every room she walks into has a broken carbon monoxide. To which everyone else is immune. <laughs> and everyone else just has a really high tolerance for carbon monoxide. Yeah. <laughs> We're all wearing gas masks, but she's hallucinating, so she can't tell. She, can't, she doesn't know. <laughs> she can't tell. She doesn't notice the or gas Or else she'd mask. rather not say. She's like, no, they'll never believe me if I tell them that. <laughs> you all have gas masks on. Guarantee it was more interesting whatever you were to say. I'm just saying it's like the beginning of the descent. We're about to hit a dark place. With the- <laughs> Well, no, talk about that dark place, though, because John wrote the story and is quoting it back to her. John, I mean, he kind of had a a rougher idea as to where Artie might be versus Felicity. John is suspicious. I don't know if necessarily he is. He might be a red herring, though, as well. So, but what do you predict might be John's connection to the story if John himself is not a murderer? What do you think John knows and doesn't know? Why is he suspicious? And then what would his motive be? Like, that's where I'm kind of like fixated right now. John's the 
the ghost. I figured it out. There we go. I figured it out. John's um, the ghost. John's Patrick the Swayze. ghost. <laughs> John is Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, of course. That would be very intriguing. Ghost moment. I liked the theory that uh, we're going to enter a dark place with Felicity. Personally, I think this will be my Joker moment. And I expect an Oscar from this somehow. I have one ready. It's in the closet. So you got to earn it first, but it's there. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. I can't wait. Oh, you'll be sending it to me after this episode. <laughs> Don't even worry about I it. I was on the same page here. So <laughs> I expect a quick chain with Joker makeup. <laughs> yeah. Themed my room. Oh, yeah. Just wipe it right across. I love yeah. it. <laughs> no, that's a good question. Because this was, I think it was Emery was talking about last time, like whether or not the show comes first or like whether all the episodes were done first. Right, yeah. Is the show airing and could audience members potentially know what happens in the show and be right. replicating it for Felicity or does it not? In which case that actually limits the suspect pool. And with Felicity specifically, like if she, if her sort of glitch and unsettledness in real life is supposed to be reflective of the heiresses, then like, does did John write it after that happened? Like, is he writing every week or did he, I don't know, make it happen somehow, like in some horrible way? I think they yeah. said the script is, has already been written, so I don't think he's writing every week, but yeah. Big fan of the John as puppeteer okay. theory. The question is like whether or not- I mean, he could be like trying to make her go insane, yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. pulling the strings. <laughs> I guess, but that's the, the question is like, how many strings can he possibly even pull? Like if he's like, okay, now you're going to go mad. Like, <laughs> how do you make that one happen? The carbon <laughs> monoxide filters, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, easy. I should have known. He's always just slowly <laughs> leaking some carbon monoxide <laughs> near Felicity. He's got a little yeah. spray bottle. <laughs> Why is it carbon monoxide? Like of all the things, like that one's like potentially lethal, but apparently also the most effective at making people come mad. <laughs> okay, it could be laughing gas. Yeah, yeah I don't Joker know. moment. Yeah, but. that's true. This is just an extremely, an extremely realistic VR game that John is in yeah. right now. And it's just, it's a Tron situation. He's Troned himself into the game. <laughs> And in fairness, we do live in a society. That is so true. We do live in a society. We do live in a society, Meredith. You're so right. And thank you so much for bringing that up. <laughs> of course. I just felt like it was an extremely important point. Well, so one thing that I'm thinking is, uh, and I would love to hear your views on this, is is Felicity really genuinely going crazy or is John gaslighting her? Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. You're right. It's not <laughs> Felicity's fault. <laughs> The quoting his own script is really just so suspicious. Like, yeah. I like that that's what we're harping on. He's a little awkward. So, like, it could just be he didn't know what to say, and that's what came out, but... Well, I will also say how she kind of said it, like, okay, well, now I feel like I'm, like, meta-gaslighting. But, like, she kind of says <laughs> out of the blue, she's like, did everyone just see that happen? And he just checks in on her. Like, it wasn't like he was, like, hint, I don't know. He didn't, like, set it up, I don't think, unless he was, like, you two fight, and then you enter. Like, I don't know, pulling strings. Maybe he's a puppet master. I don't think he could have pulled that string, but he could be pulling some string. Yeah. Like, why would you not tell her that her brother's a drug dealer if you're interested in dating her? That's kind of a big secret to keep. Because he's interested in dating her, and Details. that's very sad. <laughs> yeah, but also people do that all the time. So, like, is it, yeah, it could just be he kind of made a bad call, yeah. or he could be the puppet master, and I don't know which. He might be, like, like way darker than, like, maybe it's my turn for a Joker moment. It's gonna happen. Like, it turns out that he was evil the whole time. We all get Joker moments. We're all yeah. getting Joker, get moment. Joker moments. You can't have a Joker moment, because you were already the villain. Oh, well. <laughs> you started Artie off. Artie already had his Joker <laughs> moment. Artie was already there. I'll do my baby face turn, then. Artie's all Joker all the time. <laughs> So we do have a great prediction coming from the chat. Veronica Mansour says, 
red head equals red herring. Yes. Method acting. Meta casting. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. You know, Veronica, that's a very, very, Couldn't very. Have said it better. Yeah. No, I think you nailed it on the head there, Veronica. So I really appreciate your insight. And speaking of insight, I do think that we are ready for our script. So actors, please start changing your names and give me a thumbs up. Platform, please send the scripts. And while we are at it, I would love to hear more from the chat. What are your thoughts? What do you think about John? What do you think about the ghost? Is there any predictions that you have that we haven't discussed? Would you like to donate a Ouija board so that we can talk to Patrick Swayze and see what he thinks of this whole ghost situation? (laughs) Is Patrick Swayze dead? And talk to the gardener. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If we have a Ouija board, I want to talk to my boyfriend. He's been dead like a while. That's fair. I don't keep up with Patrick Swayze. (laughs) His ghost never dies, though. So, I mean, he's still with us. He's still with us. Oh, you're right. A ghost never (laughs) dies. Ghost's not real, though. So. Oh, Oh. Jay Mawis says, I still don't trust the inspector. Ooh. No. Mm. (laughs) I'm innocent. She's had some mysterious phone calls. In fairness. No, no. In fairness, the inspector would know how to cover up a murder better than anyone. I am just out here doing my job. I'm here for a paycheck and I'm being attacked. I think it's just Maggie's energy kind of just seems stuck. You just don't trust Maggie. <laughs> yeah, that's really where that's coming from. If I had to speak for Jay Mowis. <laughs> yeah. Not the house guest. It's just Maggie. Thanks a lot. You got vibe checked. <laughs> My vibes are incredibly innocent. That's exactly what a guilty person would say. I don't know. Your walls themed like the Joker. (laughs) (laughs) I find that highly suspicious. Or the Hulk. (laughs) Okay. Well, then let's go ahead and get started. The broadcast, episode four, Phantoms and Fathoms by Caroline Lesney. In Artie's bedroom, early in the morning, Felicity wakes with a start to the sound of a bird singing loudly outside the cracked window. She catches her breath and reaches for her phone. Nothing. Beside her, the bed sheets rustle as John rolls over. (sighs) What's wrong? Felicity jumps. She stares at him, frozen. He cracks an eye. Felicity? Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to wake you. Nothing from Artie? No, still no. It's only seven. Go back to sleep. You could always ask Irene. What? It's too early. Wake me up when it's time to go to work. Yeah, sure. John leads up and kisses her on the cheek. He rolls over and buries himself back under the covers. Felicity watches him until his breathing slows again. Then she climbs carefully out of the bed, grabs her jeans from the floor, and tiptoes from the room. Interior, parlor, morning. The house guest and the suitor sip tea by the fire in the parlor. It's quiet, but for the flipping pages of the suitor's book and the tinkling of the house guest's china. Then the door swings open and the heiress comes through abruptly. Good morning. I need to speak with you. Of course. Alone, if you please. The suitor flips another page. The heiress clears her throat. Oh, yes, of course. He snaps his book closed and hurries from the room. He's glad to be rid of me. The fool has got it into his head that I'm the murderer. (laughs) Now, Miss Westwood, whatever can I do for you? Spare me. You know exactly what I'm doing here. The house guest almost drops her cup. She freezes. They told you. My father told me months ago. You weren't very subtle. Oh, God. At this point, the inspector is the only one who doesn't know, and she's sure to find out. That's not too bad, is it? Well, that depends. Who else knows? About Robert, who knows? Only you. Good. Keep it that way. It's bad enough they know you were carrying on with the gardener. So inappropriate. I'm sorry, dear. How cruel of me. No, I deserve it. 
after all your father did for me. Was he very upset? You were supposed to be his daughter-in-law. Of course he was upset. I loved Robert, you know. Of course you did. I mean it. I still love him. When he got shot, it was like the bullet ripped my heart out, too. I still have his photograph, the one of him in his uniform. It's in my bedside dresser. I could get married a hundred times, and I'd never stop loving your brother. I wouldn't have let my father throw you out. It doesn't matter now. I lose them all. Everyone I love. Soon it'll just be me left. Suddenly a sharp rap on the door, and the inspector steps in. Miss Westwood, did you sleep well the rest of the night? Well enough. I hope you will accompany me through the house. Some real detective work is in order today. And me, Inspector? It's bound to be rather boring, I'm afraid. Examining room layouts, analyzing dust patterns, climbing endless staircases. Just the two of us, then. I'll join you shortly in the library. Wonderful. She leaves. The heiress crouches down beside the house guest. Listen now, quickly. You don't know what was going on in the greenhouse, do you? How do you know? We don't have the time. She's waiting for me. But he said it would be taken care of. Well, it wasn't. What does she think? Surely not that I... Not yet, she doesn't. So let me ask you again. Do you know what was happening in the greenhouse? No, I don't. Good. Neither did I. She hurries away to the door, then turns back. Stay away from the other two if you can, will you? She brushes out the door with the jingle of her pearl necklace. Back in the recording studio, it's a hazy gray day in Los Angeles, and the room is eerily quiet. It's still early. Sebastian and Missy sit over a pile of scripts, preparing for the day, whispering together. The door opens and Felicity comes through. Missy and Sebastian stop abruptly. Felicity notices. Good morning. Have either of you heard anything from my brother? Oh, you were talking about me, I'm guessing. Missy and Sebastian look at each other. Well, was it anything interesting? You can tell me the truth. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Jesus, what is going on with you? Fucking talk to me. Okay, okay. We'll talk. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I feel like I'm going crazy. I just need to know that I'm not crazy. We were just talking about Artie. Uh, the to be fair conversations that involve Artie usually also involve you. Seb. Hey, she said she wanted the truth, didn't she? Well, what's the truth then about me and Artie? <sighs> what do you want us to say? That we're thrilled it wasn't you that vanished into thin air? We take Artie back in a second. That's not how I feel. Then why were you saying it? I was just, I was saying that you could have a little more to say, creatively. Yeah, how about a lot more? I have plenty to say. I'm sorry, Felicity, but how are we supposed to know that if you don't actually say it? I spent 10 years killing myself to have a chance to do this sort of work. I was saving my money, making connections, convincing my family it wasn't a waste of time. And you waltz in here the same age I was when I was busting tables, and you don't even really want it. I didn't waltz in. Do you know how much the rest of us have given up for this life? Things we had to miss. Ignore him. His wife walked out with the kids last night, so he's in a pissy mood. Jesus, I'm so sorry. If you tell me you're fucking sorry, I swear to God, I will throw you out the window. Well, you won't have to worry about how much I want it anymore. I came here to quit. What? You can't do that. We're halfway through. You already replaced one actor. Get John to play my part, too. We hadn't recorded half of Drew's lines before he fell through. What good is quitting going to do? I told you about the call I got. Somebody is trying to get rid of us, the two of us. If there's even a chance it could get Artie back, I need to do what they want. Have you even tried calling Mary? How did you know that? How did you know her name is Mary? You told me. No, no, I forgot her name and called her Grace, like the mother in the script. How did you get it right? You must have said it at some point, okay? Or maybe Artie did. Grace, Mary, whatever. He's gotta be with her. 
he would have texted me. He, he would have called or, or sent an email or something. And you both can't have forgotten that he disappeared from this studio, can you? He was right here. And then he wasn't. That isn't an extended hookup. That's something gone wrong. Methinks the lady doth protest too much. Oh, don't go quoting John, quoting Shakespeare now. It's not a crazy idea, actually. We don't know you any better than you know us. You could have it in you to get rid of your own brother. Who knows? You've been reading too much Agatha Christie, Sebastian. You can tell you're jealous of him. Let me guess. You were the quiet one with potential, but he's the cool one, the popular one, the one with all the artistic success. Dead parents, all alone, it brother who throws away money like it's paper, that's a lot of resentment. A long time for it to build up, too. Who knows what you'd do if he pissed you off? <laughs> this is insane! You think I killed my own brother? We all know what sibling rivalry can do. Without him, you finally get the spotlight. You're throwing around accusations, but you have more reason than any of us to want Artie gone. What is happening? You could be making this whole story up just to get attention, to... To distract us. Why don't you just come clean now, Felicity, before it's too late? This can't be real. I, I mean, you can't really think that... Oh, my God. Felicity seizes her bag and starts digging through it. Where are you going? If I walk out, you have to stop. I'm warning you, don't do this. If you have to stop, then all of this, the rest of it, it all stops too. No story, no imitation. So, here. <laughs> she pulls her script from the depths of her bag and throws it to the ground at Sebastian and Missy's feet. I quit. She shoulders her bag and bangs out the studio door. Poolside. Outside the pool house, the house guest sits under a large sun hat, fanning herself with a magazine. A bee buzzes from a flower past her head. She swats at it half-heartedly. Suddenly, the suitor bursts through the break-in at the hedge and collapses onto the wicker lounge chair beside her. You must give me a moment, madam. I, I require your help. <laughs> After your remarks, yesterday. You should be lucky your trousers are still dry. My nails weren't wet. I'd have pushed you into the pool already. I was mistaken yesterday, and I, I, I am terribly sorry for misreading you, but that should be clear from the events of last evening. Which event? But surely the inspector mentioned it at breakfast? Speed it up, bucko. I'm getting crispy. The ghost, of course. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. There's no such thing. But there is. That Miss Westwood saw it herself. It, her father was walking the gardens. Her father is six feet underground. I don't know what she saw, but it wasn't him. She flips a couple of magazine pages, stretching out to resume her reading. But it makes sense. And that's, well, if you'll have me, that's what I'm here to ask, to beg from you, really, some answers. You'd be better off with a priest. I don't know a, a priest who knows the Westwoods like you do. The house guest shuts her magazine huffily and sits up. Look, I don't speak ill of the dead or their children, but this family has always been a little... High strung. Robert, before he died, Miss Westwood mentioned, I suppose that he would talk in his sleep sometimes. Terrible things. Worse, the older he got, the old man could wake screaming out of nowhere, convinced his son was still alive. What does that have to do with the ghost? None of it was real, you see. Both of them. They lost their minds near the end. I hate to say it, but I don't know why Miss Westwood should be any different. Do you think uh, she could be near the end, too? Well, I hope not, but I just don't know. Meanwhile, in the doctor's bedroom, the heiress knocks on the door before letting herself through with the inspector. Beautiful morning, isn't it? I'm just showing the inspector around the house. I hope you don't mind. 
Not at all. How are you finding the old place? Haunted? Ha! <laughs> I'm sorry, dear. Of course it's not funny. Just, well, do you really think you could have recognized even a living man at that distance? I know my father's face, Doctor. Yes, of course. Well. The ground floor is so magnificent, I could hardly believe there was more to see. And what prompted the grand tour in the middle of a murder investigation? Houses have a lot to say. Sometimes more than people do. You'd be surprised. This is a lovely room. It used to be the nursery, believe it or not. We were lucky children. Maybe it'll be a nursery again one day. Yes, maybe. What's this photograph here? Oh, how gorgeous. What is this, 99? Roundabout. That's me there with Westwood and Grace, his late wife. But Miss Westwood will have told you all about her mother. Some. I'm afraid I wouldn't be much help. My mother was a very complicated woman, but the only thing I really remember is that she smelled like talcum powder. Bedside table, Doctor. That's a place of honor. I have no family of my own. This is about the closest I've got. This would have been, what, just after you'd left the military? Yes, but still stupid and pompous in our uniforms. Back then we were all poor. Now it's just me. Not that I mind. I've always known I'd make a modest living healing the sick. He's always been very selfless, very good to my family. Still, all that money. What did Westwood have that you didn't? Nothing. We were young and cocky and the industrial world was begging for tycoons. I could have made Westwood's fortune if I wanted to. But you never did. Want to, I mean. There were times, but it always seemed I didn't need it. That other things were more important. And then, at some point, the reasons I thought I wanted money died. And it didn't matter anymore. Excuse me, I think I'd better join them in the garden. Lunch is being served. Feel free to continue. Thank you, Doctor. The Doctor heads out the door with a nod. Strange fellow. Lovely, really. He's just always been tired, I think. Well, we all need our quirks, don't we? What room is next? The ladies' room. In the lobby of Sebastian's apartment building, large and painfully modern, echoes as Felicity goes over to the sink. She runs the faucet, but doesn't put her hands under it. A moment later, one of the stalls opens and a woman comes out. She gasps, and her handbag tumbles to the floor. Jesus, Felicity! You scared me to death! I need to talk to you. Felicity turns off the faucet. Irene is throwing things back into her purse haphazardly. You're not supposed to be here. In the bathroom? I can't be talking to you. I should... Where's Artie, Irene? Why would I know that? Because you're the only one who has a reason to. Missy and Sebastian would trade me to get Artie back. They basically just told me so, and I don't blame them. Don't say that. No, he's worth it. He's worth that to me, but you don't see it. Whenever you're together, it's like you want to rip each other's throats out. So you think I, what, disposed of him? You have the power to, more than the rest of us. You can't be serious. You know me. What I don't get is what you want from me. I mean, you're rich, you're internet famous. You... I didn't want any of that. Everybody wants that, I want that. You wouldn't if you had it. Just ask your brother. I can't, so I think you'd better tell me what that means. You, no, I'm not the person he thinks I am. I wanted something of my own after school, just like you did. I worked hard and I saved up and I told my parents to take my trust fund and fuck off. Why does that have anything to do with Artie? Because when I did, he fucked off too. I didn't meet Artie on this project. I've known him for a while. How long's a while? A year. I didn't know he was your brother. Not at first. When I met him, I liked how passionate he was. Artistic. Smart. And he liked me, because thought I was somebody. That I could get him into places he wanted to see and connect him to the people he wanted to meet. And when I gave all that up, he didn't find me interesting anymore. So he was a clout chaser, and that's why you hate him? I don't hate Artie. I like him. You were together. <laughs> 
I didn't think I'd have to spell it out. Yeah, we were together and then he was gone. And as humiliating as this is for me, I'm still in love with him. So no, I didn't hurt your brother. If anything, he hurt me. Felicity's world spirals. She grips the countertop to keep her balance. Uh, it didn't work. What didn't work? I have to go. I have to. Uh, this needs to stop. You're scaring me, Fel. I'm scaring you? <laughs> you don't know what scared is. Whatever this is, let me help. You can't. She runs out of the bathroom, leaving Irene bewildered. In a long, empty hallway, somewhere in Sterling Manor, the inspector wanders lost, peering into doorways at random. Lionel appears at the other end of the hall, holding a large, stuffed laundry bag. Lionel, good. I'm meeting Miss Westwood in the North Tower. Could you point me there? Of course. It's just up the back staircase. Fourth door on your right. Wonderful. Thank you. And Lionel? Yes? I meant to ask, how many entrances are there to the estate? Just the one, up the front drive. You would have come through the gates when you arrived. But the gardens, the woods, aren't they open? They could conceivably be walked through. I doubt it, madam. The grounds extend from the walls to the river. You'd have to come through the gates or you'd be swept away. Thank you. That's very helpful. Of course. Do you mind? I'm taking my... I'm taking Miss Westwood's things to the cleaner and the gentleman's suits. One more question. Did you happen to speak with the gardener yesterday evening? Me? Sure. You're the only other member of staff, both military vets. You must have been friendly. He didn't like me much, ma'am. He disapproved of my choices. Expand on that? I'd rather not. So you didn't speak with him? I didn't see him at all. I was busy all day, polishing the china for the evening, arranging the guests' bedrooms, answering the telephone, and I... Well, the gentleman requested me. Did he? His dinner clothes were... They were dirty, or he seemed to think they were. He wanted them cleaned. I went to collect them in his suite, and then Miss Westwood screamed, and we all came running. Do you like him? Ma'am? The gentleman. Do you like him? I'm trying to eliminate suspects, you know. What's your instinct? Is he a killer? I really couldn't say. That's a shame. Do you want to know who I think did it, Lionel? Are you supposed to tell me? <laughs> not really. Then I think you'd better not, ma'am. Quite right. Go ahead, then. Lionel doesn't move, shifting the laundry in his arms. The inspector turns and goes toward the stairwell, reaching the heavy wooden door, hand on the knob, before Lionel stops her. I think he's very kind. I don't think that he would hurt someone. Thank you, Lionel. Lionel nods and hurries away down the hallway. Soon, in Westwood's study, the inspector is catching her breath at the top of the stairs. The heiress gets up from the chair she's been waiting in and takes the inspector's jacket. That's quite the climb. This is the last room, as well as the highest in the house. Feel free to look around, Inspector, but I'm afraid there's not much left. Oh, there's plenty. It's usually the things people don't remove that are the most telling in a mystery. The heiress throws open the heavy drapes on one window, then another. Dust rains down. <coughs> oh, Lord, it's dusty. I'll have to have Lionel come up and, well, no reason now, is there? This room is... My father's study. Right. It's rather gothic for a modern businessman. I think he fancied himself a bit of a Bronte hero. A man <laughs> from nothing risen to this Heathcliff or Mr. Rochester. Actually, my mother was a governess, did you know? I didn't. She is peering out the largest window onto the grounds. She undoes the brass latch and pushes the double doors of the window out and opens with a metallic creak. To the good doctor's two younger sisters, in fact. They were quite young when he went off to fight the Spanish. So your mother knew the doctor first? The inspector crosses to the heavy oak desk along the bookshelf and starts opening drawers, feeling along the edges of the woodwork. She rattles the locked center drawer in vain. Oh yes, that's how my parents met. My father was sent home with a bullet wound in his shoulder early in the war and the doctor asked him to check in on his family. 
My mother was there teaching a grammar lesson. She was very strict. Apparently didn't like my father for interrupting. But she came around eventually. And the doctor? Came home and they were engaged. Disappointing for the doctor, I'm sure. Why's that? I saw the photo. Your mother was a beautiful woman. Do these open? She rattles the desk drawers again. They should, but I've misplaced the key. Hmm. The inspector comes around the dark, approaching the heiress. I've been trying to figure out, Miss Westwood, why everyone here seems so guilty. Everyone is nervous or touchy or hiding something. And I've come to the conclusion that it's because they are guilty, all of them, of something. Aren't we all? In fact, the only person who doesn't seem guilty is you. I hope that's a compliment. The inspector comes closer. The heiress takes an involuntary step away. You're cool, collected, swoon at the right moments, give me what I ask for. To the untrained eye, that might be a mark of innocence, but I know better. The rest of them are acting guilty because they're hiding things from me, but they're not the things I'm looking for. The stakes are lower. You're the only one who's doing a good job pretending, and that's either adrenaline or craft or psychopathy. Maybe I just don't have anything to hide. Everyone has something to hide. So which is it, Ms. Westwood? Whatever the answer, it certainly seems to point to you being responsible for your father's murder. But you can't possibly think I... I loved my father, Inspector. The wind blows through the open window, rustling the drapes as the heiress backs toward them, pursued by the Inspector. Who else could have climbed all those stairs without waking anyone in the wee hours of the morning? I heard the doctor and the suitor pounding around last night, and you're much quieter. That's opportunity. You're wrong. The old man's beloved daughter could have easily lured him to the window to say, gaze at the moon, remembering a lost brother and son. Don't! Before sending the man plunging to his death. That's means. What are you doing? The heiress steps back again, close to the open window now, but the inspector doesn't stop. She's closing in, backing her into the windowsill, toward the vast expanse below. You've distracted us all today with this ridiculous ghost story to throw me off your scent, and of course then there's your motive. What motive? What could you possibly have? Why don't you tell me now before it's too late? The heiress totters. She grasps at the, drape for, at the drapes for balance. The wind howls past the open window. The heiress is breathing hard, but the inspector doesn't back down. Nose to nose. Last chance, Ms. Westwood. You're listening to Glitter and Betray by the Lotus Players, the terrifying audio thriller of the year. The program is brought to you by the Psycho Expander, a new marvel from homegrown American scientists. Are you a singer? Want to improve your figure? Do you just like bossing your husband around? Try the Psycho Expander and double your breathing capacity in only five days. Simply strap our metal band around your chest and let it squeeze you as you breathe. That's it. And you could get up to six inches on your bust size. The Psycho Expander. Try it today. Outside on the patio, the house guest, the suitor, and the doctor are taking lunch. They are discussing the heiress in hushed tones over lukewarm tea and cucumber sandwiches. I told him he's a fool, but I don't think he believes me. There is clear, firm, scientific evidence for the, the for the, the actual existence of ghostly... Give it up, kid. I know you like the girl, but if she's losing her senses, it's better for us to admit it. Couldn't it just be stress, doctor? She's been through so much, I hate to think. The inspector comes out the French doors at a clip, bouncing over the patio tiles. The conversation dies instantly. Good afternoon, folks. No need to stop on my behalf. Oh, I, I was just about to head inside. I'm so stuffed. Now hold it there. You can't get rid of me that quickly. What's this, cucumber? I'm starved. She stuffs her mouth with a finger sandwich from the tray and falls into a patio chair. The doctor pours her a drink. Delicious. You make these? Lionel. Man of many talents. Don't you agree, sir? Sure. 
He shined your shoes last night, didn't he? The suitor takes an overlarge gulp of his tea and chokes, sloshing it down his front. The inspector takes another bite and chews luxuriously, observing her dining companions as she does. She swallows and puts her plate down on the table. You'd like to tell stories, doctor? Sure. What kind of military man doesn't? My father. But that's for another day. I've got a story. Well, less of a story than a monologue, but I think you'll be interested. I am, at least. So, here it is. Last night, I got a call from my captain back at the station. Did you hear it come in? No, I didn't. Well, of course you didn't. You were out in the pool house. But I did. I got a call. Now, I came in here with practically nothing by my ears and my notebook, but that doesn't mean I didn't put any fishing lines out. And last night, before Ms. Westwood's spectral sighting, I got a bite. So, which one of you knew about the will? Is this part of the story? It's a question. But I see you're all going to need more than that to jog your memories. I rather suspect all three of you knew something about Westwood's will, though no one did the courtesy of filling me in. You see, what's unique about this will is that it leaves almost his entire multi-million dollar estate to one sole beneficiary. His wife and son are both dead, Inspector. I don't know what you expected the man to- It's not Ms. Westwood. What? That can't be right. The house, yes, and enough to keep her comfortable, but the rest will go entirely to the National Education Fund. To give others, he says, the same opportunities provided to him. Christ. Well, the poor dear girl. Or it would, if he'd had the will notarized properly. But as luck would have it, someone killed the old man before he had the chance to. So it all stays with Ms. Westwood. Germany cricket. Only two people have a reason to want that will nullified. A reason that might justify murder, and one of them is sitting right in front of me. And the other? The inspector smiles and picks up another cucumber sandwich. Where's Miss Westwood, inspector? Irene's car speeds down the dark highway. Irene behind the wheel of the flashy BMW. Suddenly her phone starts to ring. She reaches for it, keeping her eyes on the road, pushing things haphazardly off the passenger seat and onto the floor. Ugh, where are you, you little shit? The phone keeps ringing. Irene finds her purse and starts rifling through. Finally, she finds the phone and answers. Felicity? Hello? Hello? Damn it! The call has rung out. She flings the phone away in frustration. Moments later, it pings. Irene reaches for it when suddenly, police sirens blare from behind her. For God's sake. She grabs the phone and stashes it back in her bag. The cop's siren bloops and Irene signals to pull over. Meanwhile, in Artie's apartment. Please leave a message after the tone. Beep! Irene, it's Felicity. Listen, you are right, I do need help. Okay, this is going to sound crazy, and maybe it is, but it's real. And you're the only one who might believe me. Everything that's written in our radio show is happening to me, in real life. And I don't know how to stop it. The telegram, I got a phone call just like it. The same words, Artie's character died and he disappeared the same night. Then I found out he's dealing drugs, just like the bootlegging. Even you, an affair with a coworker, a past relationship with my brother. It's the same story. Until today, I thought it could be a coincidence that maybe it was just some trick or something to do with Artie, but... Then Missy and Sebastian accused me of killing him myself, and I, I, I thought about the inspector and the heiress in the tower. I believed you when you said you wouldn't hurt Artie. So I need you to believe me right now, because if I'm correct, it can only mean one thing. It means I'm next. End of episode four. 
Oh my goodness. Wonderful job, everybody. Oh my God. Yeah. Wild. So many. Yeah. I mean, we thought last week dropped some bombs on us. This dropped like. Oh my God. I mean, this is like the Nevada desert right now. Incredible. (laughs) I'm so proud of us for figuring out that they were paralleling each other like Mm -hmm. pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah. Tracking it. I'm proud of us. I know. Fast. We're on it. My Joker moment's coming. It's (laughs) (laughs) if you live to see it. Oh, it's already <laughs> happening. Oh, no. was it? She was like, you think you know what sadness <laughs> is? Or what scared? Being scared? That was it. Scared is. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh my God. Joker moment. Yeah, the inspector definitely got her Joker moment. That's for sure. <laughs> Killed it. Killed it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that was great. The inspector did. And oh my gosh, Eric, all of your like random characters that you keep getting thrown, all the voices are so good. I love They're them. so great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, they all sound, they all have their own like great, unique voice. I do. Before we discuss anything substantial, I do need us to take a moment and talk about the fact that they banged in Artie's room. Okay, wait. I thought, isn't she sleeping on his cououch? Oh my God, she was. She's like, oh. she's like, she doesn't have a bedroom, right? right? It's presumably yeah. a one-bedroom apartment, yeah. but it's still kind of weird. I mean, no, it's not great, but like... I don't think that excuses it. You bang on the couch. You do not bang yeah. on the missing brother's bedroom. Yeah, that's some sucks. <laughs> it's not like ideal, but there wasn't like another bed. I don't think that excuses it. <laughs> no, like, who <fair> does? <laughs> Oh my God. I was just trying to remember, like establish that she doesn't like have her own room. And she's like, you know, it would be fun. She does not have her own room. She does not have her own room. So it is not quite as bad. Still not okay. It's still not okay. No, I I think we're right. But yeah, it's still not good. Doesn't make it okay. It's still not great. Hopefully she did the laundry. She changed the sheets after that. (laughs) Yeah, cleaned up after that. I don't. (sighs) No, she scrammed, man. John had to do the laundry. Of the guy he quite possibly at this point. Okay, so the host giving the ad, does that establish that we are in fact airing weekly? I think that establishes that the public has access to this script, but in enough advance to plan anything? I don't know. Oh, see, I thought that the host part was- In the script. Like, was in, in the, the script. Like it was actually, because it sounds yeah. like a very old fashioned kind of commercial. It's like a metal yeah. band. You're yeah. right. Because <laughs> if they're going to talk about like- It's probably fake. Yeah. Make your bust grow by six sizes. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a fake. So I kind of assumed- So you think that that was like part of the radio play, not like, oh, it's airing right now. I think so. I mean, I guess if somebody's tits like massively oh, get bigger, then we'll understand that it's an actual product. But past that, no, I, I think that it'll be. I think it was just to set. If the, the first line of the next episode is is something like "Missy, did you get a boob job?" <laughs> no, it's the psycho right. expand. <laughs> Right. It's incredible. Right. Does that mean that the play itself also has a meta acting troupe? Because in the ad, it's like you're listening to the name of the show by the Lotus Players. Also, the name of the show's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we all know who to blame for that one. How dare you? I think it's like an audio drama. Like it's like a podcast on like Spotify or something, and they're pretending like it's an old timey yeah. radio show. Yeah. 
So yeah. I do want to point out something here is that they're called the Lotus Players. And that kind of reminds me, this is almost like a dark parallel to the Lotus Eaters from the Odyssey where they eat and forget. I was going to say, are you going to bring Greek oh. mythology in this? Yeah, well, they eat to forget. So they start losing their memories and having memory yeah. gaps. And some of Odysseus' soldiers just stay on the island with the Lotus Eaters. Interesting. Wow. So, I mean, it's almost like this is a, a horror version of the Lotus Eater where whatever it is that's the Lotus is like eating at Felicity's brain. Like maybe it's not carbon oh. monoxide. Maybe it's brain worms. It's that psycho expander. That would be so next level. I love that tie-in, Meredith. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's way over my head. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, yeah, what? that's why we're acting. We're not detecting. Okay, here's my next question. Did the inspector push the heiress out of the window? <laughs> it feels like that's it. a really good question. Yeah. Wait, it was a hard Joker moment. Wild. That's insane. <laughs> and then she's just chilling after. She's like, hmm. Okay, didn't we joke that what if it's the inspector and this is just like what she does, like kills people and then yeah. pretends yeah. to like... <laughs> What? And apparently is really method about it. Like acts like an yeah. inspector right up to the moment when she pushes you out of a window. Like It was your fault. Boom. Yeah. Hey, I got to keep myself in work somehow. Yeah. So the heiress confirmed dies because Felicity, her very last line is, it can only mean one thing. It means I'm yeah. next. And she yeah. has, as an actor, read the whole script, mm -hmm. which yeah. means... I just hit my mm -hmm. headphones. Hopefully that wasn't really loud on the recording, which means the heiress died. Well, up to that point. The question is, though, did the inspector kill her, though? Like, is that how it happened, or is she going to die in the next episode? Oh, hey, my manslaughter. God. She backed out the window herself. That's not on me. Dude, I love you, that. No. <laughs> Dude, no. So I just want to give some congratulations to our commenter, Jay Mawis, who earlier today had said, I still don't trust the inspector. So good job, Jay Mawis. That's uh, <laughs> you did it. Like, we don't give out prizes on here, but I hope that just like, let's all like just air high five Jay Malice for that one. Like, just good job there, buddy. No, no. <laughs> Maggie. So if the inspector's crooked, does that mean that it's Missy in real life? Or does that just mean that like, that'd be wild? Because I don't think that like everyone's <laughs> behavior in the script is necessarily indicative of their like full guilt in real life. I think clearly there's got to be some puppet master thing, unless everyone is yeah. collectively gaslighting Felicity, but I don't really know why they would all be doing that. Right. Well, the, the Lotus theory is interesting in that regard. Gaslight. Yeah. Like if it's, it is once again, all in Felicity's head. Because yeah, both Missy and Sebastian were acting exactly like their characters in real life. So who is it that like is aware of how everyone's going to behave in such a manner that everything perfectly reflects the script? Like it's more than one person at this point. It's you, my dude. <laughs> John, 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 John. Yeah, because John wasn't the actor because John had to step in to read for the- And also Drew is your roommate that low, like low-key killed himself or maybe you killed him. No, yeah, yeah, he's super sus. But my question is like, it's one thing to be really smart and it's another thing to like perfectly predict people's behavior months in advance down to being like, these two are going to say virtually the same as in the script to this person. Yeah. Like it's super meta. It's like to a, such a scary point. <gasps> yeah, like they have to be in on it to a degree. Okay, that's a new theory though. Cause before our theory was that like, he's making it like conforming to a script, but I love that like a sort of divination kind of like fortune telling. Yeah. Where he's like, I know these people, I've studied them. Yeah, like this, it's like clairvoyance. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like a clairvoyance thing. He knows what's gonna happen and wrote it as a script. I love that. I think that. he's got a ghost in his corner. I don't know. Just feeding him the... He's uh... got a ghost. John's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. So I guess they're real. I guess I was wrong. Well, and in addition to the Lotus reference too, as Gabe from Platform points out, Maggie, congratulations on getting your Hamlet line that you wanted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you did. <laughs> that was incredibly exciting. Yes. Finally, you're in Hamlet. Oh, 
That's great. You did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great little confluence, but it does make sense because, you know, we're, we're starting to bring in ghosts, but this was like this whole time, I was kind of thinking of Felicity less as Hamlet, despite the relationship with the ghosts and daddy issues, but it seemed almost like watching Ophelia go mad, which was something that we never had a chance to see happen in Hamlet. Yeah. yeah. So this almost feels like, like we're almost starting to look at it from... So the inspector is exonerated because the heiress killed herself. <laughs> mm, there you go. Yeah. Heiress jumped out. Yeah, wouldn't the inspector like that? Wouldn't the inspector love that? Well, if you pushed her out the window... <laughs> <laughs> she willfully sprinted out of the window. She fell out the window. Fell out the window. <laughs> I love how Maggie right now. She voluntarily backed up. You are <laughs> arguing that you didn't like push her out the window. She committed suicide, <laughs> which is exactly what your character is saying that she did to her father. Like you are making the same <laughs> argument to clear your own innocence that you are trying to convict someone else for. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just a cycle. There's not one murderer. Selective alibis. They work for some people, not for others. <laughs> We're all just going to continuously push the next person out the window. That's all it is. <laughs> and then someone's going to push you out the window. <laughs> I love that. Yes, it's just... <laughs> yeah, be ready. Yeah, perfect. So while we're discussing this, I would also like to say that anyone in the Twitch chat, if you've got your own predictions, comments, questions, anything like that, we would love to hear what you have to say as well. But what do you think was the biggest bombshell? Like, I think that the scene with Missy and Sebastian, even though it was a very, oh, it was like a that quiet. Was <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Even as I was reading it, I was like, this can't be what I'm saying, is it? Yeah. 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 That was weirdly dark. I was so thrilled. <laughs> it, that was really dark. Sebastian's in it for the love of... I don't think Sebastian has anything to do with the murders. I think he's just in it for the love of the game of gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out. He just that checks this out. Fun. He's an absolute pro. Hey, why do you think his family left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no. I don't know. Why do you think <laughs> the family left? I don't know. I'm probably dead. Thoughts on as soon as we're done with doing Hamlet, we go straight into Gaslight? Yeah, there we go. Play. Caroline, get right <laughs> Oh, okay. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a never-ending loop of us doing... <laughs> Other plays. Doing other plays, um, yeah. I am really interested to see how things pan out between Felicity and Irene at the moment because mm -hmm. the house yeah. guest has been a little bit dismissive, I think, of the heiress's concerns and her worries. But Irene seems to be going in a different direction, at least so far. It was very brief interaction, but it doesn't seem like she's being dismissive. It seems like she's like, okay, no, I believe you. What, let, what can we do? So that's kind of the first glimpse of it not following the mirroring pattern. I'm very intrigued to see where that goes. Either way, I think it's going to be a fun time for me, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what I'm really liking that Caroline is just, it's like she's got a bunch of holiday lights and she's twisting them all up and now we have to start untangling all of them. <laughs> this script is honestly so good. Like, Caroline, I know you watch mm -hmm. these. I love this script. No, for real. So much. If you're doing a movie, like, call me. I love this script. <laughs> I want to do it again. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. Some of the scenes tonight, I was like, I mean, they've all been good up to this point, but I feel like it's now getting to like the the really good drama stuff where people are like, mm -hmm. boom. It's starting to bubble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've all had like a hot minute with the characters. So now it's getting to like yes. the really good stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think, the real joy of this particular structure is that uh -huh. you know, not only are we just kind of, we're watching all of you grow into the characters in real time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like watching rehearsals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today was really interesting because like I 
I think pretty much everyone got to reveal something that they knew that other people didn't know they knew. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that was definitely interesting, I think, because like there's definitely more cards on the table at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of higher stakes too. It seems Lionel and the suitor, I can read between the lines. I think there's some stigmatized behavior of that era happening and that pushes things (laughs) upward. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, he's real gay. (laughs) He's real gay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, another reason to hate the gardener and therefore Artie is that clearly he was homophobic. Yeah, <gasps> you're right. But we also get stakes. Another strike. Another strike. The Artie collective, the Artie mob. The Artie receiving more hate, even post-mortem. <laughs> I feel like I got really duped with the Artie hate thing because like, okay, you guys know this now. Irene was dating Artie. And so obviously that's why I started the Artie hate train. <laughs> but now apparently I'm still in love with him. So I have to backpedal. <laughs> It didn't say that in my character sheet. It just, or maybe it did, and I have no reading comprehension. It's a possibility. Classic gaslight mistake. (laughs) Yeah, but look at that. Like, Sebastian would never. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. It doesn't. No, you get all the cards before you start gaslighting. Incredible. Before you play your hand. So yeah, I was all on the Artie hate train and apparently I still have feelings for him. So I feel very lied to. That was such a train. The whole, I was kind of confused at the whole Artie hate train. But then again, it's Maggie. That's that serial killer energy. Never bought into it. No, it was literally just me. I just started it because he was my ex. And I was like, I'm just trouble with that. Am I the drama? <laughs> it's only a matter of time before it all starts playing out in our lives. I like the meta acting, like to reveal how much you are just acting like your character, even in the real life <laughs> chat yeah. section. Like, like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, there's a survivor element that only none of us were told about ahead of time. Yeah, again, again. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And on that note, I am going to return all of us to our real lives <laughs> by ending this episode. Cold Cuts is based on an original idea by Declan Grogan. Music by Vincenzo Torsiello. And the broadcast is written by Caroline Lesney. We do this every Saturday and every Tuesday. The videos are posted on YouTube and the audio will be available on all streaming platforms. Make sure to tune into us next week on Twitch at 8 p.m. at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm not on Central Time, so sometimes my brain flips a little bit and I don't understand numbers. That's why I'm an actress. So see you every subsequent Saturday. And I make sure to follow us all on at Platform Prodco on all social media. And we'll see you next week and all subsequent Saturdays. Thanks again to everybody involved, Platform and all of our performers.